So, John, what is the most expensive thing that you've ever broken? So, I can't think of anything that I've broken, per se, Mm -hmm. like, irreparably. But when I was 18, when I turned 18, my parents, I think, wanted to do something quite special. You know, it was Mm -hmm. a mark of the occasion. I was the firstborn son, you know, so it's kind of a big deal for them, you know. Yeah. And they bought me a very expensive wristwatch. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it was a Rolex, surely, because they're like tens of thousands, right? But, no. <laughs> yeah. it, but it, was, it was like an expensive, expensive wristwatch. It was very, very flashy. Yeah. And I never wore it. Not even once. Have you still got it? No, it's long. God only knows. I think they must have given up and regifted it at some point. Yeah. But I feel really bad, but I just I just don't care about watches. Oh, you know, I felt I, So I didn't break it, but I felt bad. Maybe the expensive thing was my parents' hearts. hearts. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they spent a lot of money on it, and I just... Never even once put it on my wrist. Like, just, yeah. Do you think they got their money back? Are they still poor now? I don't know. Well, they're still poor, but that's... <laughs> that, that's I don't think that's why. But, uh. yeah. Well, let's hope not, because no, that's yeah. a lot of blame to put That on. is a lot of precious part of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're still paying off that damn watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my middle brother got it, which is, you know, one of the benefits of being a younger brother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you inherit all the shit that your older siblings don't want. So, yeah. yeah, tell me about it. Like me. <laughs> What, I inherit you? Oh, all the, God, thing, all the things your older siblings don't want. Oh, <laughs> God, yes, I have inherited you from my big brother, haven't I? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, well, it's the curse of being the youngest. You inherit oh. all kinds of shit. Oh, dear. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. hell was that? It wasn't even words. It was a half-assed attempt at a word. <laughs> Half-commitment. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are putting prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to Hancock. Hancock, you had to think about that for a second, didn't you? Yeah. Hancock, yeah. I'm a bit burnt out of Will Smith, to be honest. Yes, yeah, same. This season's not been as much fun as I was hoping it would be. Anyway. Uh, we'll also be putting some drinking games out here for my listeners with the submissions they posted on Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most power in the world. The most this, power of, in the world. Of this podcast. Okay. And joining me is always the host who needs rescuing the most, it's John Lucas. I'm happy to be your damsel in distress. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite what I said, but yeah, sure. Um, so Hancock, what do you think, John? This is a you pick. It was a me pick. That being said, it was very much a pick that I just picked out of thin air, really, just because we, we are running short on non-franchisey Will Smith films that aren't already... Or, I mean, given we were decided to veto all the depressing Will Smith ones and Oscar ones, mm-hmm. so we're like, nose of seven pounds, nose of the pursuit of happiness. Mm. There's not much point in doing Arlie, because, you know, <laughs> everyone knows how that ends. Yeah. Um, so it does limit you. Mm. So I just was like, oh, I've not seen that one. I found this film to be <laughs> dour and incomprehensible yeah yeah i did not like this film i didn't think you would i thought i really i don't i don't like this film i actively disliked this film actually (laughs) it annoyed me (laughs) had you seen it before did you know what was coming okay Um, i've seen this a few times before more times than i'm actually happy with oh okay is that by accident or i don't know i think it might just be one of those films that's just been on a couple of times Mm -hmm. but with that time period 
in between that's like, oh yeah, I could watch this. Yeah. Or like, oh, I could watch another So you forget, it tricks you, it lulls you into thinking it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this isn't good. <laughs> this is not, this is a bad movie. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, like we'll get into the plot and all the stuff, but like, this film came out in like 2008, right? Mm. So was that before the first Iron Man film or after? Same year. Same year. Okay, so it, it's essentially getting made before like the Marvel golden age that yeah. the last like 12 years has represented. Yeah. Do you think that makes this film look worse in retrospect because superhero movies have done so much better? Like, because this, I appreciated that there were moments where this film was trying to push the boundaries of what a superhero movie is. Like, you know, make a superhero a bit of a burnout and a bit of a bum and a bit of a, you know, not a mm. likable, not this clean cut likable character, but also not this but brooding we, Batman. But we of. had already had superhero movies for, well, decades before, but like consistently for a, at least eight years. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been having X-Men movies that were doing well. We had at least one Fantastic Four movie that did well. Sure. Um, Batman Begins was a few years before this. The Dark Knight was also 2008. Yeah, no, I'm not... I'm, I just like, mean more like... Superhero movies, they were, they were... The thing that Marvel brought in was a big cinematic universe. Yes. That was their unique feature. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else had pretty much been done before, other than say, like, Deadpool or something, which did come with a level of originality. Sure. I just mean in terms of, like, the plot of this film being, like, about a superhero who's not well-liked and not likeable. Like, I feel like... I mean, I don't know the Marvel Universe as well as you do, but I feel like Iron Man is somewhat like that, maybe, in in part. Like, you know, like, a flaw... I think Marvel's been very good at creating superheroes who have flaws. Yeah. Whereas beforehand, I'm sure there are examples where it's happened in the past, but, like, it felt like it was either super clean-cut... You know, your Superman, you know, only believes in good in the world. Mm-hmm. Or you've got your brooding Batman type that's just mm-hmm. like, you know, a dark and mysterious figure. But, all, you know, but but this is something else. This Hancock is, mm-hmm. as a character, is like is just this, like, waster. Yeah. Which I don't feel like... I mean, now you see at least... Now they do that all the time. You've got, like, the Suicide Squad can't mm-hmm. do that. Deadpool does that to a degree, you it's know. Will Smith's bag, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, Will Smith certainly made it his thing. But, like... Now now you, now you it's kind of ten a penny to see, like, anti-hero superheroes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's maybe... I don't know, just watching it today after there's been so many better superhero movies mm. generally that like, have pushed the boundaries a little bit. And worse. And wor- there's been there's been better, there's been worse, but this one just feels really lame. Mm-hmm. I feel like this film didn't commit enough to mm. what it wanted to be. No, because the tone is all over the place. That's the other problem with yeah, it. Yeah, because like it was pitching itself as a superhero movie, mm. but it's kind of a... Well, it's not quite a rom-com, is it? But like, certainly not. Like, it's got it's got the romantic element in it, which is like there's a romantic drama element to it, which yes. is weird. Yeah, like there's no other way to describe it. No. It's just odd. Like, yeah, I don't really know where what its what its point was, where it was going. Nothing felt particularly romantic. Nobody felt in love. No, this film tried to do too many things and committed to none of them. Yeah, essentially, I think is one of the problems. Yeah, I don't know, and like it sets a tone for itself mm-hmm. and. You start allowing yourself to get on board with that, and you have a bit of fun with it. Almost, mm-hmm. you maybe you even do have a bit of well, fun can, with it. Yeah, you can try at least. By yeah. the end, it's gone. It's all gone. Yeah, it's surprisingly like that's why I said dour. It's it's got this because it does have like moments that are clearly reaching for comedy. Like there's yeah. quite a lot of them, but the ultimate tone of the film is not depressing, but more just like joyless. There's just something like the jokes didn't work for me when when they existed and the characterization wasn't. And then when it tried to get all serious at the end, I, I also didn't give a shit about that. that so was weird. I, I I didn't care for the serious bit or mm. the comedic stuff. And mm. having them like ram together uncomfortably mm-hmm. in a film that's quite short, mm. it just it just really didn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, do you want to do a plot summary then? I will. Okay, so... Hancock came out in 2008, stars mm. Will Smith, obviously, because that's our season. Mm-hmm. Directed by Peter Berg. Do you know what else Peter Berg has directed that we've done fairly recently? Uh, John Carter or something, I don't know. Battleship. Battleship. Battleship, right. which... Not far off. 100% tracks, yeah. I was, I was not far off No, then. not at all. Very, very similar ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He previously directed Battleship and then he did this, or maybe the way around, but yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the level we're working at here. So that, that explains a lot, definitely, mm-hmm. that it was from the guy who did Battleship. Um, Battleship was all right, though. It wasn't a bad film. It was a terrible film. Come we, on. Yeah, but you knew what it was going into it. Yeah, Battleship like, was more like, like... I feel like everybody in it knew what they were in. Yes, Battleship, I would say, was more enjoyable than like, this. It, that's why I say it wasn't a bad film. No. It was just like... It was a stupid film, yeah, or it was, not? Like, it, was, it was stupid, and it lent into being stupid. True, okay, yeah. This one was... Uh, You're right. Battleship knew what it was. This film was trying to be too many things. Yeah. So it stars Will Smith, and he is Hancock, the title character, who is a down-and-out superhero. Mm-hmm. So he has essentially the Superman powers, it seems. He's he can fly, he's super strong, he's mm-hmm. impervious to bullets, all the all that good stuff. Mm. But he's also kind of a drunk and a layabout and he's not very enthusiastic about his job, to mm-hmm. say the least. And we open with him basically passed out on a park bench after a night of binge drinking or mm-hmm. something. Yep. And he gets woken up by a little kid because there's all over the news there is some kind of high-speed car chase happening. I guess, yeah. Couldn't quite pinpoint the crime. I mean, obviously the speeding is a crime, but yeah. I don't know, I guess they robbed a bank or something. Who, who can say? Mm-hmm. But there's a full full police chase along the freeway mm-hmm. and he's kind of hungover and this little kid wakes him up and he reluctantly flies in to help out. Is that how the news works in like, American cities? If, it, if you can see it through on honest in they're a shop just, window, yeah. They're just like, there will be a police chase happening and that will be all over the news. Like, I know that happened for like, say... OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> but is it happening for like the, the rest of the time? Seems to be. It's how films work, so okay, I don't know. Who can say? Yeah. But he's so hungover that like, has... I've never once watched the news and just be like, oh my god, guys, somebody's robbing a bank right now. Yeah. Like the whole country needs to know this. No, breaking, you... breaking news, a bank's being robbed. That's true. We tend to find out after the fact, unless it's like a major terrorist incident. Yeah. But yeah. That doesn't really work with films. Oh, there was a major bank robbery eight hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Batman help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite track as well, so, you know, give them a bit of leeway, it's fine. But, so, yeah, he flies off, we get a sound bed of move, bitch, get out the way by Ludacris. So. <laughs> Will Smith, he's flying into, like, pigeons are hitting him and stuff, and mm-hmm. then he's flying into signs, street signs and things, and he's just mm-hmm. a mess. Mm-hmm. He causes untold damage, and almost certainly many fatalities, because he mm-hmm. flips over at least seven or eight police cars. Yeah. Like, he fully causes wreckage but and in the process he manages to you know, kind of stop the criminals who are yeah. these Vietnamese kids who yeah he flies them around there's some very 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 poor CGI and green screen <laughs> going on at this point yeah. but yep but yeah, he manages to you know apprehend them but he doesn't really get any thanks for it because he's caused so much destruction in the interim mm-hmm. while he's been stopping them mm-hmm. that everyone's just sick to death of him and it seems like this is his pattern like he is a superhero He's not living under, un, undercover in any way, shape, or form. No. He's very recognisable. Yeah. But I guess, like, what can the police do about him? Yeah. He's, he's too, super strong. They can't arrest him, but... Yeah. Stop putting the police traces on telly. That's what i Maybe, yeah, you stop publicising them, yeah. But, like, essentially, the, the public don't like him because they're just sick of his, like, bullshit, basically, mm. and, and him always causing more damage than he fixes. So, yeah. he's not popular. Yeah. I was wondering... Given that he clearly makes no efforts to disguise his identity and everyone knows mm-hmm. who he is and he's instantly recognisable... Mm-hmm. What is his source of income? 
I don't think he has any. I think that's why he's sleeping on a park bench. You say that, and I guess he is also living in a trailer. Yeah. But there's also, how's he buying all his booze? Because there's a specifically a scene when he goes into a like a Seven Eleven later mm. on in the film, and the shop assistant charges ninety one pounds eleven pence because he's trying to like indicate that he needs them to call nine one one. Right. And he, Will Smith's like that's highway robbery, which implies that he pays for his booze. Mm. So he needs to have some kind of income, right? I I don't know. You're you're asking a question that this film is not. This, no, no, exactly. I'm just pointing out that this <laughs> this is one of many things this film doesn't really think about. Yeah. But yeah like how is he making his money? Like most superheroes, they have like an alter ego, you know, like mm. Clark Kent yeah. or Bruce Wayne, you know, who, yeah. who are either independently wealthy or, you know, have a job. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, this guy just seems to be Hancock. He seems to, mm-hmm. he gets drunk and he stops crime. That's what he does. That's his life. So, yeah. Regardless, so he's unpopular. He's kind of jaded and doesn't really care about his job at all. Uh, we get a scene where he's in a. He's in a bar. He hooks up with some girl in a bar, takes her back to his trailer, mm. and we get a scene where literally Will Smith shoots holes in his roof with his spunk, which <laughs> I was surprised was in this film. Which again, talk about like tonal shifts in mm-hmm. this film. He's like, you don't want to be around when I ejaculate because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's messy. And uh, yeah, and then he just does it. He just shoots three holes in his trailer ceiling. That's <laughs> this yeah. film. I know that. <laughs> See, that's... I feel like that's a funny joke in Deadpool. I'd say it's a funny joke in, like, scary movie. Yes! Yeah, exactly. It's a dumb joke. But, yeah. yeah. But this film, because it's, like, it veers between that level of humour and, you know, trying to actually say something, you know, mm. about emotions and people. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it, it does, not, does not work. But I was surprised mm. that Will Smith was in a movie in, that, in which there was a plot point where his spunk could kill women. <laughs> uh, that, that did surprise me, right? It's not really what you expect. But. Oh, God, that would be a... Nightmare of a blowjob. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's it. How did he learn that his spunk? I guess when he was a kid, he had a very explosive wank. But like, I, I, I guess, yeah. Because like, I was thinking, like, masturbation must be a nightmare. Do you have to just go to like a field or something and just aim away from things? Like, like yeah, yeah. Point at the sky, maybe. But then it just come um, back down. Yeah. Well, it depends what you point it, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, to get into more detail, he could probably just like block it with his hand or something. That's true, know. yeah. But then it could ricochet. I don't know. There's so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that feels messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Wankin is messy. It is, yes. But yeah. More so when you're an immortal superhero with explosive spunk. But yeah. Why do you think the moon has craters? What killed the dinosaurs, John? And that's interesting. <laughs> I wanted to rethink my sequels. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so oh. we learned that important detail. That's yep. you know, very important to this film. At a certain point, he rescues Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm who was at that period of his career when he was in Arrested Development and just getting cast in everything, but in yeah. in the exact same basic role. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've noticed this with Jason Bateman. He's, like, love Arrested Development, seasons one to three only. Mm. He's great. He definitely isn't what you would describe as a rangy actor. No. He Not always... until later in his career. Sorry? Not until later in his career. Right, what's he done since? He's done, like, horror movies and stuff. Where he's played the villain? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, I've not seen Ozark. Everyone says Ozark's very good, but I've not yeah, watched I've not, it. I've not seen that either, but... But it always seems like he, like, plays <clears throat> the same basic guy. Mm, yeah. Which he's very good at. From what I've seen, yeah. Like, I've not actually seen any of these horror movies I'm talking about. Yeah. But... Um... I don't know he's in horror movies, but it seems like he's always basically playing Jason Bateman, which is... Lots of actors do that. It's fine, mm. but yeah. So Jason Bateman is a PR person mm-hmm. who's trying to flog his 
I mean, this part of the plot really annoyed me actually because it's this is a great. It goes on way too long, doesn't it? It goes on way too long, and it's a great example of how this film is like half written Mm. and doesn't really care about the details of making anything make internal sense in the film. So Jason Bateman is a PR person and he's trying to sell this concept that we see him pitching to all these like old white guys, which is something like he wants them to give away their products for free mm-hmm. to help save the world. Yeah. And then as a media thing, if they do that, he's going to paint hearts on landmarks. Wasn't it that they get to like, they get to publish that logo with their product or something? Yeah. Something like that. It was all, it's basically all about that logo. It's, it's the most half-assed business plan I've ever heard a like, film writer. What's the profit margin with? on this? Like, what's the plan? What's the end game here? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Of what course, are you doing building not... wells in Africa. What are you doing yeah. here? Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, of course they're not going to invest in this. It's a terror. It's not even a business plan. It's just give all your shit away for free, and I'll mm. paint a, a heart on the Eiffel Tower. What? Yeah. yeah. No wonder he's failing. Some business plans deserve to fail. You know. <laughs> Terrible. Let's see it. Okay, I'll get right into it. Good morning, everyone. I'm um, here to talk to you about charitable giving. Okay, and we all know the way that that works. You give one, maybe 2% of your net cash, and you get an armband or wristband or a ribbon or whatever it is. It's nowhere near enough. And that's why we at Embry Publicity would like to offer you the all heart symbol. Now, you would be among a very select group of corporate giants to bear this logo on your product. And what this would say to the public is that your company, Pharmatopsis, has made a radical contribution to helping our world. And here's all you need to do to qualify. Your new TB drug, Mycodin, we would like for you to give that product away for free. Did you say free? I did. So he's doing that and he's struggling. He's he's struggling to get people to buy into it, shockingly. Mm And ultimately, Will Smith saves his life when he ends up getting stuck in a traffic jam that mm-hmm. crosses over some railway lines. Mm. Which I'd love to know if that's like a thing that happens in America, because that seems insane. It, it does, yeah. It's a traffic jam that seems to just get stuck on the... Like, the barriers never come down on mm. these... You know, not in, in Britain, where mm. we have roads that cross rails... They do have the barriers way. in America. Yeah. I've seen it in other But these, well, these barriers did not go to, Maybe it was a signaling error. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he's about to get hit by a train. Hancock, once again, flies in and saves the day. Mm-hmm. Lifts up his car. Rescues him. But, again, in the process, the train crashes. And mm-hmm. we see like a massive amount of the carriages mm-hmm. falling. So, again, dozens of people dead, surely. Yeah. Even if it's like even if it's like a freight train, still, the, the driver's 100% dead. Yeah. There's no question the driver of that train has just been flung against a wall and his brains are dashed all over the place not that we see this but that's clearly what's happened Mm -hmm. anyone who's in the proximity of those carriages dead Mm -hmm. but doesn't matter but ultimately once again so we get Hank I was thinking about this a lot this film was boring Um, (laughs) so once again Hancock saved the day but everyone is just like boo we hate you you're so rubbish at this why can't you be better yeah and he's just like, fuck you all, whatever, I don't care. He's just flinging insults at them. Mm-hmm. And Jason Bateman gets a brainwave. And he's kind of like, you know what, I can help you. You've just saved my life, so let me help you. I work in marketing. I work in marketing, so let me be your PR guy. Mm. And, you know, I will advise you and you can, like, get the people to like you again. Mm. So that's what he offers. Yeah. Uh, so then 
Hancock goes back to with Jason Bateman mm. to Jason Bateman's house mm-hmm. um, for like a family meal. Mm-hmm. And he meets his wife, played by Charlie's Ferron, mm-hmm. Charlie's Ferron, uh, and their little boy. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's Ferron instantly, instantly mistrusts Hancock. Yeah. She's like very much not on board. Mm-hmm. And we get this weird like 360 degree camera shot. The camera work in this film was annoying. Did you <laughs> notice that as well? No. So annoying. But they had like a 360 degree camera shot and she's just like, I just don't like him. I don't want to see him in my house. Mm. And she's definitely got her issues with him mm-hmm. and we don't quite find out why at first. Like for the first... It's weird that this film goes for a twist. It does go for a twist and it <laughs> takes a long time to get... It takes a long time to get there. Mm. And it took so long to get there that I was like... And fair enough, it did get there, so that's fine. But for like the hour in which there's just lots of scenes of Charlie's Ferrand just in the background looking like she doesn't mistrust Philip Will Smith and like mm. giving him these long, meaningful looks, I was like, she's going to get to do something, right? This mm-hmm. can't just be it for Charlie's mm-hmm. Ferrand. There's got to be a part. And fair enough, there was. But like, it really made you think she was just playing like the wife in the most unrewarding role of her career for like an yeah. hour. Yeah. 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 But no, it, but it, does... it, it builds into. Her sucking the fun out of everything in this film. Would you? Say, I wouldn't say it's her fault. This film goes off the rails. I wouldn't say it's actor Charlize Theron's fault. No, no, but the character. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it takes the film in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Charlize doesn't trust him at all. But Jason Bateman comes up with a plan to basically make the people appreciate Hancock once again. Mm-hmm. And to do that, he needs to make amends, mm-hmm. and he needs to disappear for a while. Yeah. Because he needs, they need to like learn to miss him because they've kind of started taking him for granted. Because he always, he does stop the crimes and the incidents, but he also causes a lot of damage in the process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so Jason Bateman tells him, "What you need to do is you need to go to jail mm-hmm. because of, you've got like six hundred lawsuits against you from all the criminal damage you've done. <laughs> so you need to own up to your crimes and go to jail." So he yeah. does this whole press conference where he kind of apologizes for all his bad behavior mm-hmm. and he says he's going to try and get better and he hands himself in and he goes to prison. Yeah. Uh, so he's in prison, and obviously everyone else in prison is there because he's put them there. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's there's this there's the scene. <laughs> Go on. Where um, well, Will Smith's standard? He's got a lot of standard threats in this film. He does, yeah. And one of and his they, stan- they get old very quickly. They do get old very quickly. One of his standard threats is whenever a villain is threatening him or not cooperating, he says, yeah. "If you don't cooperate." I will shove your head up his ass, mm-hmm. or I will shove your head up my ass, which he also, which he doesn't do, but no. he threatened that as well. That'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be a choice. Yeah, that's probably a choice you've <laughs> I would imagine Will Smith vetoed that choice. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a scene, literally a scene in this movie where Will Smith shoves one criminal's head up another criminal's ass, and then we just we just see it. It just it just happens, mm-hmm. and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's just terrible. Like that's. That, that that is one dead person and one like horrifically injured person. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's no coming back from that. Like, no, there's not even any lubrication. It's just like straight up there. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one person buried. Like they they no longer have an asshole. Yes, they have a broken pelvis, like permanently broken. But they're never walking again. No, absolutely not. And there's another person who's about to suffocate to death in a few minutes. Yeah, basically, that's essentially yeah. what we're yeah. Like, it's murder and serious injury. Yes, absolutely. With many witnesses. Yes. <laughs> but he does that, and they don't die, because this isn't that kind of film. No. Or sometimes it is, but not in this moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he sticks it out in prison. Like, he, he sticks it out in jail, and he starts incrementally making a bit of progress. Mm-hmm. It's, apparently, it's the kind of jail where they also have, like, 
rehab and therapy. So there's like mm-hmm. a, I don't know, Criminals Anonymous where they all sit around and talk mm-hmm. about their feelings. And yeah. he initially doesn't want to join it, but he starts to slightly open up a little bit, basically. Yeah. So it feels like he's 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 getting there a little bit here and there. And then there's a, he gets pulled out of jail again when the police ask him to come and help with a major bank robbery. What yeah. was what was happening here? It was a it was a bank robbery with a hostage situation and also a bomb threat. It was just the whole lot, yeah. So it was like there are people in the building right now who are being threatened, who could all be killed, and there are bombs that could go off that could potentially. Uh, I think I'm not too sure that could potentially like destroy the entire building. Yeah. Well, this was stupid. So yeah, the, the, you're right. There was multiple things going on here. So it's a it's a bank robbery. There's like three criminals in this giant bank building. Mm-hmm. There's loads of hostages. There's one female police officer who apparently has been shot and wounded who can't get away, so they mm-hmm. need to rescue her. Also, when he goes in, the robbers have gone into this giant bank. Mm-hmm. And somehow, they've had the time and the wherewithal to wrap all of the hostages, and mm-hmm. we're talking dozens of hostages, wrap them in, like, dynamite skirts as if they're, like, hot dogs or something. <laughs> like, explosive hot dogs. Yeah. And one of them, played by Eddie Marsden from Happy Go Lucky, is, um, he's got, like, a a detonator yeah one of those fun detonators where he's put he's already pressed it mm-hmm. and if he releases it everyone will explode yeah everyone will individually explode yeah like they show everybody all these hostages who are like extras cowering looking mm-hmm. scared and crying and they're all like literally wearing like hula skirts of dynamite it's ridiculous mm-hmm. like when did that happen just like line you know you walk in you put it's a stick up you hold a gun into the air mm-hmm. it's like okay now everyone will just form an orderly line we're just going to strap this dynamite to you like mm-hmm. How much dynamite did they use? Probably worth more than the money they're trying to take. But. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think they were trying to rob the money from the bank. I think they were just like, we will blow these people up unless you bring us money. Right. I think. Okay. I'm not too sure. Well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is there's not actually loads of money held in banks. No. And robbing a bank means you... In, robbing a bank in films, you know, there's not much money there in real life, but in films where there, there is, say, there's always a really thick safe that somebody has to break oh, yes, through and yeah. stuff like that, and there's all kinds of stuff where it's been much easier to just say, like, I'll kill this person unless you just get me a bag of money. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so... But, hey, that's films for you. Yeah. So, Hancock takes out all the henchmen, leaves Eddie Marsden, mm-hmm. who's got the detonator, Yeah. and then it's like... He's like, well, you, you need to get me my money, otherwise I'm going to blow these people up. Yeah. Instead, Will Smith fashions a kind of... It's a, a sharp discus. Yes. Call it. <laughs> it's like, a, what are those things called? Like, what is it? well, it's a, it's shuriken, a... what are they called? Like, oh, I don't know. The things you throw, throwing star, but not really. Like, Yeah, it's yeah. more like a discus, yeah. Yeah. He, he uses his superpowers to like shave down a yeah. something, yeah. Anyway, he flings this sharpened disc mm-hmm. at Eddie Marsden cutting off the hand that's got the detonator and presumably mm-hmm. using super speed to grab it before the thumb I guess, yeah. disconnects. Does he have super speed? I guess he has super speed. I know we don't see it, but also uh, maybe it's possible that in real biology or this film's biology, mm. if you just sever a limb, it will stay in the exact same position that it was in. Yeah, because that's not... Like, there is the term dead man's grip, but I think sure. that that's like when rigor mortis kicks in. Yeah, that takes a little while. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think that's, that's not instant. But... So... I don't know. Yeah. And the way he, like, nonchalantly but you don't, but you hands... But don't, you, don't, you don't see it, though, do no, you? No, no, yeah. Like, it's all implied. Then. Yeah, so he cuts off Eddie Marsden's hand. Because clearly the film writers couldn't decide on what we just talked about. No, no, I don't think that conversation ever took place. No. 
Yeah, so he, he does that. He cuts off Eddie Marsden's hand and then nonchalantly just like like passes the hand over to a police officer and says, hey, by the way, don't let that go because if, if you do, everyone will die. Yeah, he, he barely even says it. Yeah, it's like, like an afterthought. It really, yeah, yeah, it really struck me out. Just like, hey, that police officer could... Like, you put it in his hand and then like slightly tell him afterwards. Like, no, tell him before and then say like, okay, are you ready? Are you, have you got this? Yeah. Like, Because if, if you don't, a lot of people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Anyway. He does that, so he saved the day once again. Him and Jason Bateman and Charlize Theron go for a meal to kind of celebrate, I guess. Because mm-hmm. the, the public, yeah, the, the public are starting to warm to him again. They're starting to like him yeah. again. So to celebrate, they all go for a meal. Yeah, Charlize still doesn't trust him. She's still giving him the evil oh, eye. By the way, at this point, he has learnt to to land and take off without destroying the pavement, and is also wearing a tight leather suit. Oh yes, he gets introduced to a suit. Well, yeah, I was going to bring this in for drinking games, but. <laughs> What is the deal with Will Smith and homophobia in his films? What is going on? I'm starting to get really annoyed at this. Like, this is three for four now. Yeah. After four Will Smith films we've watched, three of them are egregiously homophobic. Like, what is going on? What's the exception? I feel like um, I Am Legend didn't really go there. I Am Legend, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Wild Wild West, yeah, had loads of gay panic. Hitch has that stupid scene where him and Kevin James are going to kiss but not, mm-hmm. and it's like, ew. And then this one, he's just like, he's looking at all the superhero costumes. He's like, homo, 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 homo. And Jason Bateman's just like, yeah, I agree. They do look like homos. Like, what is this? It's straight people comedy, John. It is. It is basic straight comedy. We like laughing at you. You do, yeah, clearly. Colours are funny. Colours are funny, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've hit on the basic thought process behind the writing of this film. Right <laughs> do you know Vince Gilligan wrote this? Of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Wow. Well, it was written by somebody else, and then apparently the original script was like a lot darker. It was yeah. more like bright burny kind of stuff with okay. an actual evil superhero. Yeah. And then people were like, it got stuck in development hell for like 20 years. And then eventually it was like, well, maybe let's just make it a Will Smith vehicle. And then Vince Gilligan came in and rewrote it. Wow. Vince yeah. Gilligan. Oh my God. Clearly a paycheck role. <laughs> like, my God. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. How about this? I've been thinking about something. This kind of goes to how you present yourself. Come on, really? It's the middle of the day. What springs to mind when you see this? Homo. What about that? Homo in red. Norwegian homo. I'll give you that. Anyway, so him and Bateman and Charlie's, they go for a meal and they kind of talk about Hancock's past and he ex- explains mm. that he's not only is, a, is he a superhero he's also immortal he, he doesn't age mm-hmm. but 80 years ago he was found with amnesia and a head wound or something Yeah, and he has no idea who he was before or what happened or whether that was the start of all this but he just knows that there was nobody around to look after him so mm. he, he feels like and this is maybe the root of why he's kind of a bit of a waster because he feels like no, he must have been a terrible person because mm-hmm. nobody at that point in his life loved him enough or cared about him yeah. to take care of him so he tells this kind of sad story. Charlie's cries a bit. And then they go back to their house. Jason Bateman's really drunk and has to be put to bed. Yeah. And then Charlie's and Hancock have a little bit of a moment in the kitchen. And then they have a bit of a kiss. Mm-hmm. And then immediately she flings him through the wall. Yeah. Her own wall. She destroys her own house yeah. entirely. <laughs> <laughs> right. So weird. Just like, take it outside and do it. Yeah. Why destroy your own house? We it's- needed the shot, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I guess, but like, it's gonna cost a thousand. Oh yeah, the damage, the collateral damage is ridiculous in yeah. this film. It's so much, but yeah. 
Yeah, so she flings him through the wall, thereby giving away that she too, shot horror twist, mm. is a superhero. Yeah. A god. It, the film never Super establishes. Powers. She's got the power, yeah. yeah. It never quite establishes what they are. Yeah. But, yeah. The aliens are some kind. They, like, they mentioned, like, there's a moment when she says, they made us in pairs. Mm. Because oh, there's a plot, right, okay. you know, there's yeah. a plot twist later on where like them being together is mm. weakening them. Yeah, but it's like, who's they? Yeah, they never say. <laughs> it's just like this film just doesn't care. Maybe we'll come to that later. We, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so she reveals that she is also a superhero, and it turns out that she's actually his wife, mm-hmm. and they've been married for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Yeah. But they always end up fighting, and she let one at a certain point. She left him. Mm-hmm. With amnesia, mm-hmm. moved on with her life, married Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. What a what a step down! What? A, yeah, that's <laughs> it. You've got a you've got. I mean, no shade on superhero Jason Bateman Will anything, Smith, but like, damn. Yes, Will Smith, who is also a superhero, mm-hmm. versus Jason Bateman, who is a not very good PR exec. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, at this point, I also found myself wondering. Okay, so we've established that Will Smith, Hancock. When he comes, it's explosive. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it can like tear through like mm-hmm. body. What happens when she orgasms? Well, she's not necessarily shooting anything out of her body when she orgasms. No, I mean I don't have the greatest understanding of how this works with women, but I, I understood that much. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, I don't know. Um, like presumably, her and Jason. It does establish that the kid that Jason Bateman has is not her kid. He had, he had a wife before. Mm. Yeah, but surely they have. A sex life, right? They, yeah, they imagine they must. Maybe she can just control it a bit better? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I would have liked them to address this. Like, just for, even for a bit of comedy. Like, you know. <laughs> like, well, what, what would you expect? Like, Jason Bateman is just in a wheelchair and that's never never mentioned? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of imagine, like, so yeah, if Will Smith's, you know... The power of Will Smith's spunk is like can rip through walls. Yeah. So and presumably she's strong enough to take that. So you know when they did did have sex, it must have been pretty yeah. intense. Sure. Yeah. To go from that to like maybe three minutes with Jason Bateman and an apologetic bit of like mm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining. You know, I can't imagine it's the most thrilling ride of your life. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, sure. no shades of Jason Bateman. But no, I mean that's heavy shades. That's heavy Bateman, shame, but... yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, at best, it's still a step down, you know. I don't know. If he's way better than you'd think Jason Bateman would, would be, it's still a big step down from superhero Will Smith. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, but, like, further to that, like, what happens when she goes to the toilet? Yeah, true. What happens when they poop or piss or whatever? Like, yeah. What's, it, what's, what's, what's the deal there? Also, to get away from less vulgar topics... <laughs> Will Smith can shave his beard just by scratching his face. Yes. What sense does that make? Is his hair not super strong as well as the rest of him? Well, maybe it's like equally strong with his nails, so it can like... Yeah, but if it's equally strong, then it would be the same as like me trying to scratch the hair off my face. That's a good point. Because my nails are equally strong for the average human as beard hair is. True. So Will Smith just has human beard hair, but super powered fingernails. Mm, True. He never takes off his hat. Does he not? No, it's his it's, it's, it's little mm. woolen Hancock hat. Or maybe he does at the end when he's in his green um, outfit. But yeah. generally he doesn't take it off. Mm. So I don't know, yeah, maybe his hair is super strong. Who knows? Mm, maybe. I don't know. But his beard hair isn't, apparently. Apparently not, no. No. Yeah. Anyway, so they have a whole fight. 
uh, and she explains all of this, all the backstory. Mm. And at some point, a certain point, Jason Bateman also finds out that his wife is married to Hancock. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have much reaction. Doesn't to be he kind of disappears. He's like in the film, but he just doesn't do anything in the film after this point. I feel like he's such a passive character that yeah. this sort of thing's probably happened to him many times before. Yeah, he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm married to Charlie's Ferran. I'm already, you know, yeah. I want a winner here, so I'm just going to, you know, let it pass. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's either that or just like, damn, that's the fourth time it's happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. I think he definitely is aware that he's like punching above his weight, mm. you know, marriage-wise. So. Yeah. So they have this whole fight. There's that cartoonish ridiculously cartoonish scene where Will Smith's like hitting Charlie's Theron with frying pans and stuff just because you know trying to prove that she's not a human whatever Mm -hmm. anyway so they have this whole fight and then Hancock goes off on his own for a bit he ends up in another like Mm 7-Eleven place trying to buy some booze he gets caught up in a a robbery yeah and gets shot basically he gets shot in the chest or in the in the abdomen stomach Mm -hmm. whatever and normally they'll bounce right off because he's a superhero Mm -hmm. but he finds that this bullet goes in and it hurts Mm -hmm. him and so he's actually seriously injured he has to go to hospital Mm -hmm. and that's that's when Charlie's Theron explains that their so convoluted power I know this whole stuff was just not explained (laughs) at all when this, this, are... this is the point where there's suddenly no more fun left in the film no the film's like not at forgotten all. to have any kind of fun it's just yeah. got into like the weeds you know? yeah so they whoever they might be mm. we never find out designed these superheroes gods mm. whatever in pairs mm-hmm. and when they're together their powers are neutralised and they become weak yeah the closer they are to each other they become weaker and the further apart they are they become stronger mm-hmm so that's why Charlie's Theron, as well as the fact that Hancock was apparently a bit of a fuck up, that's the other reason she had to break up with him and mm-hmm. make him forget about her because all the other ones who were like them had paired off and been killed. Yeah. Because being together makes them powerless. Mm-hmm. So because they've reconnected, now his powers have weakened. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because at the moment when he's shot, he has. He's not anywhere near her. She's at home. No, I guess. But that, then like, later, he's been near her recently or something. Maybe, yeah. But then later, he just seems to heal her by just like taking a few steps away. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, again. So he's in hospital, like recovering. She comes to visit him mm. with Jason Bateman and the kid. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Eddie Marzen from the, the from the banks took up. Who's like, I guess the main villain in this movie. But yeah, he's in like much. all of. 10 minutes of screen time. It's like weird. He's fourth build after mm. Will Smith, Charlie's Theron, Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, his character gets no time. No. It's not even a character really. No. But somehow he breaks out of prison because mm-hmm. he's so embittered about losing his hand mm-hmm. with the guys who's one whose head he stuck up with everyone's arse. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where he like helps them to come to terms with the fact that they had one had his head up with everyone's arse mm-hmm. and they all hold hands and it's strange uh, yeah it's really strange really strange weird scene but yeah he recruits them and he's like you've got to take your power back from Hancock and mm-hmm. they decide they're just going to break out of prison and get their revenge yeah how they know that Hancock's going to be in a vulnerable state is. yeah is never explained I don't think it, this film needs to no so the, but ultimately they, they tie it right they go also how they know he's in the hospital but apparently mm-hmm. they just do mm-hmm. so they turn up at the hospital there's another shootout. Charlize Theron gets shot multiple times. Mm-hmm. She's basically dying. Mm. Will Smith is then also attacked by Eddie Marzen. Mm-hmm. 
They have a whole fight. He's also shot multiple times again, so he's also about to die. Yeah. They're both about to die. Then Jason Bateman, like, kind of manages to distract Eddie Marsden. Will Smith chops off his other hand mm-hmm. for what I, I guess was supposed to be a comedy scene. It was, yes. Oh, dear. Wasn't good. No. Manages to distract him. Will Smith takes him out. And then Will Smith uses the last of his strength as he's him and Shelley's front are both kind of bleeding out mm. to walk away and then jump away and then run away. Mm-hmm. And the, as he gets further away, mm-hmm. both him and Shelley's front get stronger again. Yeah. And they both manage to heal and survive. Yeah. Yeah. And then the film ends with Hancock embracing his superhero nature, mm-hmm. I guess. He's wearing the suit, so I guess he's not no homo Voluntarily, anymore. Voluntarily. Yeah. Voluntarily wearing his homo suit, yeah. And then we, we see that he's like, you know, your classic superhero loner, like, you know, posing on top of skyscrapers. Charlize Theron and Jason Bateman are walking along the pier, mm. whatever, and then Hancock calls them and says, look into the sky. And this is the moment when I went from being mildly annoyed by this movie to being actively angry and just like going, fuck. I actually said like to nobody, like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> so Will Smith calls them, calls Jason Bateman and goes, look into the sky. Mm. Jason Bateman looks into the sky. Will Smith has terraformed the moon. He's not terraformed it, he's graffitied it. Or graffitied it, whatever, to make it, to put that stupid heart. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that Jason Bateman logo. The Jason Bateman logo. He's painted the heart on the moon. Yeah. What is that supposed to achieve? I I, I don't know. It, a, it, a company's then so, going to be so, like, well, so, it's on the moon now. So, so, so it becomes a recognisable brand? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. No. But, like, that is... That was really something. It was terrible. Uh, and that's the end of the film, yeah. basically. Yeah, he, he's done a good deed. He's learned his lesson. He's now become like a proper superhero. Like, you know how in iconography, basically, icons can mean different things as time goes by? Sure. Yeah. Like, for example, say, the swastika. Yes. Was not always a Nazi symbol. It has been around for way longer than that. Okay, look, you don't need to keep explaining why you've got that tattoo. You know, I, told you was, I told you it was a mistake at the time. You didn't listen to me. You made your bed. Just lie in it. But, like, what if that symbol of the heart starts meaning something else? Yeah, it you, probably will now. Yeah, years, years gone by. Especially in this world. I mean, we're, like, getting dangerously close into our sequel territory right here. But, yeah, years gone by, the heart symbol means something else because by the way it doesn't look like a biological heart so it could just move on no it's just a crappy little logo yeah yeah. like imagine a world where like there's a very very visible essentially a swastika just on the moon (laughs) can you imagine that yeah and like okay well how do we get rid of that that's going to be you know obviously a a multi-billion dollar mission just to get to the moon let alone clear up a space the size of like Africa times two or something. I think they'd probably just make their peace with it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, yeah, like, that is mad. Yeah, no, that's not... I don't see how that's helping him in any way, no. shape, or form. I don't know how that's going to make Jason Bateman's terrible, non-existent business model suddenly more appealing. If the Nike tick was on the moon, would you buy more Nike shoes? No! <laughs> I'd buy less! I'd boycott it, because yeah. I was like, wow, this company's gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with, like, conglomerate... Well, not fine with it, but like, I'm okay with, like, the fact that there are big companies. But when they start graffitiing the moon, I'm going to be like, you know what, maybe now it's the time to stop giving these people my money. Mm. Yeah. Something's gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. So that was Hancock. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Made a lot of money. Did it? It made, like, 600 million worldwide. Like, huge, right. huge success. Although no sequel, obviously. Yeah. Um, they well, planned I guess it. it was just right at that time where, like... 
people are interested enough in superhero movies that they'll watch just about anything. Anything with a decent name to it. Yeah, because again, this is before Marvel like flooded the whole yeah. market. And also, yeah, this is... Will Smith still at his peak at this point. This is like... I think this is about the time he starts I'd, making bad choices. I'd say this is the tail end of his second peak. His second lower peak. Yeah, this is like he, he, you know, this is around the same time as I'm Legend and Hitch. So like mm. you know, movies that are very commercial and, and I'd say that well. he he has had his peak in the nineties and early thousands, but yeah. this is the end of his second peak. Yeah, after this, you've got stuff like After Earth and Seven Pounds and films that mm. don't do as well, and also the critics hate. So, I mean, yeah. After Earth is like that, that is the bottom of his lowest trough. Oh yeah, that that's his. Absolute, like, lowest moment. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. It's really... He's barely in it. Well, that's something I was thinking about doing it for this season, but then I was like, I don't think he's actually in it very much. No, he's, he's not at all. It's it's like... Wasn't it like he was trying to trick people into watching his son's film, basically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much. Like, his son is in it as much as you expect Wilson. Um, to put it in comparison... I mean, they're not at all similar characters, but like Will Smith in After Earth is a bit more like, say, Brent Spiner in Independence Day. Oh wow, okay. He's in it. Yeah. He's definitely there. It's definitely him. But like, but it's not his film. You wouldn't say, "Oh, that was a great Brent Spiner film." No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. But, mm. Yeah. So don't go watch them now anytime soon. No, I'm in no rush to at all. Um, should we move on to drinking games? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so first of all, drink when he drinks. Drink when he drinks. Sure, yeah. His character is your classic alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's drinking bottles of whiskey, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, he was drinking a lot. But, yeah, he's an alcoholic in a film. That's how they drink. That is, yeah. Um, okay. Drink for... I mentioned this earlier, but drink for strange camera angles. Did you really not notice this? I found the camera work in this film to be insufferably annoying. Like, it felt like every other shot, it must have been a choice, was like shot from behind someone Mm. where you would only see half of the frame. So you would see like... Were you just watching just half the movie? No, 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 no. Your eyes okay? No, my eyes are fine, honestly. (laughs) So you'd be watching the film and it'd be like, let's say it's a conversation between Will Smith and Charlie's front, for Mm. example. You would see it with like the camera will be on Will Smith and the half the screen would just be like the back of Shelley's front's head. Right. And okay, it's yeah. really distracting when you notice what's happening and it's mm. constantly happening. I thought it was like Peter Berg's directorial thing. <laughs> but really pissed me off. Yeah. Really annoyed me. Yeah. Just like get out of the frame. Well this film really got something out it of you, didn't really it? Annoyed. This film really <laughs> it's been a long time since the film's pissed me off as much as this one did, but the yeah. camera work played a big part yeah, in that. I'm glad it wasn't a me choice. No 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 it's fine yeah. Uh, drink whenever he breaks something. Yeah, well, I drink for collateral damage, which mm. is essentially so. Yeah, like he is, he cannot take a landing without shattering an entire roadway, like an entire yeah. pavement, just like yeah. Yeah. Many many people are gonna die. Yeah, that stuff takes ages to replace. Mm. And just simple things like on the highway, he drove through a road sign. Like that road is gonna be closed for. You yeah, know, the infrastructure is... Like, like like at least a week just for that sign. Not the fact that he probably knocked over an entire bridge at some point yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that train that went down, that's going to take, take a while to recover. Yeah. 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 No wonder everyone hates him. He's a fucking liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Drink whenever anybody calls him an asshole. Yeah, that was my next one too. Drunk for the word asshole. Yeah. It feels like that's the only insult there is in this world. It's, it's so odd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just the... It's the most PG level swear word they could do. 
Oh yeah, this film was really riding the line. Yeah. Clearly it wanted to be, yeah, because this is a film almost exclusively aimed at teenage boys. Mm. So clearly they wanted it to be a PG-13 or whatever they call it in America. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could tell that there was like a darker movie like desperately trying to get out. Mm. You know, with all the stuff about shoving a guy's head up his ass and... <laughs> I don't know, like the dark backstory, mm-hmm. his exploding spunk. Like there were mm-hmm. bits here and there. You were like, okay, this could be a more of a Deadpool-y kind of film if they yeah. would commit to it. But clearly, yeah. they just wanted it to make all of the money, mm-hmm. which I think is why it's so uneven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Drink for that goddamn heart symbol. Yeah, the that terrible logo. Yeah, yeah. every time Jason Bateman is trying to sell it, it's just mm-hmm. like, no, the. In this case, the businessmen are right. The fat cats are right. This is a terrible business model. Mm. It's not going to work. It's a waste of money. Yeah, it is a waste of money. It's a bad logo as well. Yeah, it's like, just a it's, fucking heart. It's yeah. not iconic. No, it's exactly. Yeah, that whole plot strand felt really lazily underdeveloped. Mm. It's like we're not even going to try with this. Right. Yeah, you can't make a logo that simple without really backing it up. No, like with history. The bits when he's like got the. Uh, he's doing his little PowerPoint presentation mm. and he's like, but look, I've photoshopped it onto the Eiffel Tower on Mount Rushmore. It's like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get planning permission to do that. Like, <laughs> well, you, sh- you just show people, and, and I could do that. I could like do- go into Microsoft Paint and just shove it on the top of a stock image of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. How does that tell people to invest in me? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that your job anyway, though? Pretty much is, yeah. <laughs> All day long, just photoshopping crappy hearts onto landmarks. <laughs> That's my, that's my career. Not mm-hmm. on this. Um, drink whenever Charlize Theron's character sucks the energy out of a scene. Yeah, no, you are right. She's, and again, feel... and again, it's nothing on her as no, because she's like, a great action star. Like we've yeah. seen in uh, Mad Max, Mad Max, or what's that other one she did? We saw it in the cinema. Uh, she's like a bombshell. No, where she's like a superhero or maybe a secret agent. The one where James McAvoy goes, I fucking love Berlin. Oh, um, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. So, you know, Charlize Theron is a great action star. Mm. But, yeah, in this film, she's just, yeah. A bit, bit that was a weird, and, like, other than that line, it's a very forgettable film. It is a forgettable film. Well, my favourite scene of that film is when she has the full fight with that guy that's basically the, the family guy joke with the chicken and oh, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes on forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And doesn't she like have a whole lesbian really subplot with the girl from the Mummy films as well at some point? Or there's a lot going on in that film. Yeah, watch that again. Yeah, all right, calm down. Uh, <laughs> drink for uncomfortable racial moments. That's a bit of a theme in this season. It is. It's weird. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, do you think that this film cares that Will Smith is black? Mm, I wouldn't say it cares. What I mean is that I think we've really run the gamut in this season where Wild Wild West like really made it too much of a thing mm-hmm. to a point where it was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Hitch, it wasn't really a factor, which is probably good. Yeah. I don't think it was a factor in I Am Legend either. No. Anyway, the point I'm making is there's lots of weird stuff in the film that even if the film doesn't really talk about race at all, plays weird because Will Smith, because it is a black superhero. Mm-hmm. For example... There's just a scene at the beginning when Jason Bateman's like, you know what? People would probably like you more if you just went to prison for a while. <laughs> I think that would make people a lot more comfortable if you just kind of just went to jail and just stayed in jail for like a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you need to be... You can only really see how that is 
a problem in this film if you're overanalyzing this film. I think I will, because yeah. this film is not smart enough to be racist. No, you're right. They felt this film isn't thinking on that level. This is it's, just it's really not. Yeah. I think the only way that this film. I think the fact that Will Smith is black didn't cross any writer's mind. No, which this. is great. Which is great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the only part where it does show up, maybe in a deliberate way, is the soundtrack. Mm. Right, some some of those rap cues were just a little bit too, like, literally when the, mm. at the beginning when it's move, bitch, get out of the way. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and you, would be pl- you would not be playing this if this was Nick Cage. Uh, no. <laughs> no. And, but then the, the other bit that made me uncomfortable yeah, was the bit where there's lots of scenes of him... As like the superhero stopping hold up, is it the end of the film? Maybe where there's some kind of like standoff between like some other black criminals and the police, mm. and Will Smith's 100 percent on the side of the police, mm. and they're all like pointing guns, and and the like the black criminals are just like make them put their guns down, make them put their guns down, and Will mm. Smith's like nope, <laughs> and I was like oh, this this scene has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> It was really uncomfortable. Like, oh dear. There's a, just a lot of that, I don't mm. know. Like, you're right, this film is not smart enough and it doesn't care enough to actually make a, any kind of mm. points about you know race relations or whatever. But yeah. I think there was, de- there was definitely some bits that played weirdly having Will Smith as this kind of vigilante character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just drink every time. That makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm done with that. You don't? No more? Okay. Uh, last one is drink for plot holes. Sure, yeah. Which is just like drink when the film introduces a concept and then doesn't really care to explain what's going on there. <laughs> like, you know, we talked about them, like, what are Will Smith and Charlie's front? Are they are they gods? Are they superheroes? Are they aliens? What, what's going on? It's not a plot hole, but... Or unexplained plot, you know. Yeah. Plot developments. Why do the villains... How do they get out of prison? How do they know that he's going to be in hospital? How do they know he's going to be vulnerable at that mm-hmm. moment? Like, this, it's very slapdash. The writing mm. is very, very slapdash. Yeah. Yeah. So I, just, I don't know, just drink for that, I guess. Yeah, sure, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, I think I'm all done. Okay, well, before we get to sequels, um, just want to let all your listeners know that if you've enjoyed this episode or any others, then you can support me and John for whatever you feel like paying, really, mm-hmm. um, by going to patreon.com slash set. I say whatever you feel like because we do a pay-as-you-feel system there. We don't uh, follow the tiered system. Um, so, you know, if you feel like paying $2... Uh, then you get the exact same amount as if you feel a bit more generous and feel like paying $5. Mm-hmm. Sound fair? If you do, you get a few bonus features, such as you get extended versions of the main episode, mm-hmm. so a little bit more bang for your buck. You get a bonus show um, where we review... Nah, I'd say we, re- we like to review recent cinema releases, but... Uh, it's been a challenge, though. We're getting to get back to it, yeah. Yeah, well, we're, looking, we're very much looking forward to watching Tenet. Yes. In the, in the coming weeks. And it, yeah, if you're a listener who's like in, in America, like, first of all, God bless you. Mm. Uh, but but we, are, we are actually getting cinema releases back, touch wood, mm. in the next couple of weeks. So we'll be able to see films that you might not see until like next year. Yeah. So we, we can review them for you. I mean, we'll probably spoil them. but And also, if you become Patreon, you get a 30 second advert slot on the main show. You get to also, once a month, pick an episode for us, mm-hmm. for the main show as well. Uh, just one Patreon a month. We don't get everyone. We don't give everybody a choice. No. But hey, this month might be a lucky month. We'll cycle through you in a fair way. Yeah. You'll all get your chance. Yeah. And other than that, you get the Facebook group. And mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, I'd say. So all that is available there at patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Indeed it is. So what does a receptionist do when the fire alarm goes off? I don't know. Call the fire brigade? I seriously hope that was a joke. That's what the fire alarm is for. Well, she's the one who asked what to do. I'm just guessing. 
Well, I think you'd have to be the one that makes sure everyone knows where the fire exits are and checks that everyone is out of the building. Like, we have the list of guests. It's not that hard. I just wait till it actually happens and we'll see if you find it's not that hard. What are you going to do if everyone goes off running in different directions before you check them off your list? Well, someone sleeps through it. I highly doubt you can sleep through a fire alarm. I have. <laughs> sure. So what, we're just going to say they'll check off all the guests as they exit the building to make sure they're all out? Welcome to The Quids In is a new fictional podcast coming to all podcasting platforms weekly from September 10th, 2020. Learn more about the show by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com and clicking on Support Us. Okay, let's do some sequels. Okay, so my first idea is, uh, again, it's based on the incredibly stupid idea that Will Smith has, which is to paint the moon or to terraform the moon. <laughs> which, um, so the original film ends with him doing that. He flies yeah. off to the moon and he either paints or terraforms it to make it look like this fucking stupid giant yeah. heart logo. Which, of course, is Jason Bateman's brand. Mm-hmm. It's his company brand. So Will Smith has done this out of the goodness of his own heart with all good intentions. Mm. But immediately... Jason Bateman becomes like the world's most hated man because he's vandalized the mm-hmm. moon. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck have you done to the moon? Yeah. It looks horrendous. Yeah. And then not only that, <laughs> but because the moon is I don't so, like pink. It's homo. It's homo, yeah. Yeah. But not only not only is that he's turned the moon into a big homo icon. Also <laughs> the, the, also like, you know, that's the moon is vital to the world's like, you know, mm. lunar waves and like the how, t- tides, how yeah, t- yeah. lunar tides, the lunar tides. So in doing this, Will Smith has inadvertently caused giant ecological shifts. <laughs> so there's the, all these huge natural disasters, like there's tidal waves hitting coastal cities mm. and there's floods and there's droughts and like everything's just gone to shit basically. Yeah. And not Hancock, but Jason Bateman's character Ray mm. is taking all of the flack for it because oh, it's his company. It's his logo has now become yeah. synonymous with like apocalypse events. Yeah. So Will Smith has done him no favors at all. He's mm-hmm. done the opposite of a favor. Basically, this is not a good PR at all. I've had a similar idea which we could probably merge in right now. By the way, sure. Um, where putting that logo up on the moon again, everybody hates it, obviously. Yeah. But because it's the logo of a charity. Everybody just associates that with charity in general. Okay. And so the word charity just becomes like a really bad word. And Like a... Oh, actually, like Charities a, just stop existing. And wow, the world okay. goes to shit in that way as well. Okay, yeah. So it's just become like a dirty word, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we could do that. Um, <laughs> so what, I guess what I'm thinking is that suddenly Jason Bateman is public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. So Charlize Theron is like, you need to, to Hancock, like, you need to fix this. Yeah. You've ruined my husband's career. Mm-hmm. So between the two of them, they have to work together somehow to try and fix what's going on. And mm-hmm. that's going to cause only more chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe like Charlie's Theron flies off to the moon to try and like, like fully repair the moon, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a hard task. You know, mm-hmm. it's easier to break something than it is to fix it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Will Smith is on Earth, because they need to stay apart, don't they, because mm-hmm. of the whole situation. Meanwhile, on Earth, Will Smith is trying to like rescue people from all the massive like financial and mm-hmm. economic Ecological, <laughs> ecological disaster. How's Will Smith gonna rescue people from like debt? So I didn't mean financially. <laughs> I don't. I don't think if, if this film taught me anything, I don't think it's that Will Smith's character is good with money. No, 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 no you're right. Sorry, I meant <laughs> ecological, not economic. Yeah, all is economic. Let, Will Smith, rescue me from my alcoholism. I'm not your guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> give me, yeah, give me better interest rates. 
<laughs> rescuers from industry straits. But basically, what I'm thinking is that they need to work together to kind of fix the mess that he's created and kind of save Jason Bateman's mm-hmm. reputation. Yeah. Any thoughts on where we go from there? Hmm. Okay. Save Jason. So basically, they need another marketing guy. Yeah, probably. I think. Well, they need to save the world and then also save Jason Bateman's business somehow. Okay, well, I think that Charlie's Theron is saving the world. Yes. Because she's going to put the moon back. Okay, maybe that's uh, how they split it up. She saves the world. Yeah. You, she's like, Hancock, you stay behind and you, you rescue my husband's business reputation or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe Will Smith says to him just like, I think you should go to jail. Yes. Turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you should pay for your crimes. Yeah, pay for your crimes and you should go to jail mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people start liking you if you earn up to your crimes. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to. And he does terribly in jail because he's he not, does, yeah. He's not Hancock. Yeah. He's going to ha- he's gonna be the guy who has his head shoved up a guy's arse, not the one who gets to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe everything Will Smith, maybe the comedy of this film is everything Will Smith is trying, now that Hancock's like a, a nice guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's come around, he's not, a waste anymore maybe everything he does to try and like make Jason Bateman's life better and mm. to like help him backfires horribly mm-hmm. so you know first of all he tries to promote his brand and then that causes all this shit then he's like well you know maybe you should just go do what I did and go to prison for a while mm-hmm. and then Jason Bateman just gets horribly beaten in prison like he's just not prison material at all mm. yeah sure mm-hmm. but I'd say that he does eventually come out of prison but basically just like with you know a very cartoon film like just a, a black eye yeah bump on his head sort of sure thing. yeah like nothing too serious nothing no we don't want to get depressing no no let's, let's keep it PG yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but by the time he comes out basically everybody has forgotten about him nobody knows what his name was anymore like, oh so he literally spent like 20 years in prison no I'm just saying like the world moves on sure okay sure and uh, I mean yeah people do still know his name and like his Wikipedia page isn't great mm-hmm. but <laughs> man who destroyed the moon yeah <laughs> but you know the moon has been fixed he can move okay he, 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 oh so Shirley's from successfully fixed the moon yeah she just turned it around okay sure that works Walk. yeah sure. like the other side of the moon yeah and so like people have basically forgotten about him now and so like right okay take two what are we gonna do we're gonna try and like some amazing big marketing campaign how are we gonna do this so he's like okay well Probably shouldn't go printing logos and anything else. Yeah, clearly that's not a winning strategy. Yeah. No, no. What do you do? Oh, so he needs a new marketing to get back into like marketing. Yeah. Okay. He needs anything. He needs to be big. He needs someone to kick him off. Just be like, hey, the guy who brought you that doodle on the moon. Well, maybe he's now like, okay, look, Hancock, you owe me so many favors. You destroyed my original business. Yeah. You you convinced me to go to jail for like some period of time mm-hmm. so now you need to be like our company mascot mm-hmm. and this is like Hancock now has to be he has to learn how to be like not only well behaved but also mm-hmm. like a sellout basically he has yeah. to really like you know have paint on a smile and appear in cheesy adverts as like a yeah. like a, a cheesy superhero yeah, yeah yeah and he just hates it but he has to do it yeah, but Charlie's Theron stays in the background and she's still not like outed herself to the world as a superhero so she can just la- lean back and laugh at him basically mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, is it like that? The world thinks that Will Smith fixed the moon. Yeah, yeah. He takes all. The, yeah, it starts off as she wants to keep her low profile because she mm-hmm. doesn't want people to know she's a superhero. Mm-hmm. But then that means that Hancock, Will Smith, gets all the credit, and she starts to feel incredibly like undervalued. Right. Okay. So then, do you think that she goes and starts graffitiing other places? Yeah, she starts acting out. Yeah. Yeah. So like, she'll just go around all the monuments of the world and just paint that heart on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, she goes a bit rogue and they need to track her down and like, yeah, talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think we've got something there, definitely. Yeah. There's some, some plot strands. Yeah, yeah, I could see something happening with that. Cool. So that was uh, Hancock Saves Humanity. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I was all, all about the alliteration. Mm-hmm. H-H-H. Okay, so the idea I've come up with here mm-hmm. is that Jason Bateman is also suffering from memory loss. Okay, so he's also a secret superhero? Possibly, yes. Okay. Could go that way. Um, but basically, I wanted to write something about the child. The little kid, mm. their son. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted the child to basically be a superhero as well. Yeah, because it's not Charlie's Ferron's biological child, is mm. it? Apparently not, no. No. But like, basically, what if they had a child? Yeah, okay. So maybe they have a child later on. Or maybe they have a child that they didn't mention in the original film, who's now like in college or something. <laughs> sure, yeah. They just never mentioned that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, that, well, either way... The film I'm going to write now, the the child is just hitting puberty age. Right. And I'm seeing that that's the time where the superpowers start coming in. Oh dear, and how. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So there's a bit of coming of age plot line going on here. Sure. Where do we go from here? Okay, so does it have to be the kid of Jason Bateman and Charlie's friend? doesn't have to, but just just like, yeah, a, a kid with superpowers. Well, I was thinking maybe... When she meets Jason Bateman, mm. she's pregnant with Will Smith's baby, mm-hmm. but she doesn't say anything. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's why yeah. I was saying that he had some sort of memory loss. Yeah. Well, or maybe like they have it, a super long pregnancy. They have super long there pregnancies, and they or maybe they can like decide when to give. They can just like control it, so they can wow. just decide when they're ready wow, to okay. give birth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been like holding Sorry. it in for like eighty well, years. <laughs> So, Will Smith can't control his orgasms like blowing a hole through a woman on a roof. Yeah. But uh, she can hold a baby in. Yeah. You know, like, she's just, she really needs the toilet, she's just holding it in. Yeah, basically. Like, for 80 years. Look, he, she says herself, she's stronger than he is, you know. All right. Yeah. Okay, sure. She was waiting for the right time, and meeting Jason Bateman <laughs> is the right time. Okay. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so she gives birth and pretends it's Jason Bateman's baby. Because mm-hmm. then she knows that it'll get a decent... Yeah, it is like a, a decent yeah. human upbringing. Yeah, but it's like maybe it's kind of like because you know he's a good businessman and stuff. Yeah, and he's probably a decent enough dad. Sure, yeah, if, if, if a bit wet. I'm sure, he's a good dad, but like, is he gonna bring the cash in though? Probably not. No, but I don't know. Yeah, clearly these superheroes don't need an income. We've made we've established that no. they somehow have their. Own. To be fair, their house was very nice. I don't. I didn't get the impression Jason Bateman was making lots of cash. Not in that job. No. no. Well, okay. Maybe it's like the baby, it's like the Incredibles, you know, the, the little baby in the Incredibles is like a little baby superhero. Yeah. So maybe that's it. It's like, she, she's trying to raise this child and keep it from, a secret from Jason Bateman that their child is in fact, mm-hmm. like has, has superpowers. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because babies are impossible to monitor. Like they're yeah. always, you know, this baby has like uncontrollable powers. So like every time it burps or it poos or anything, it's just like, <laughs> you know, causing huge amounts of destruction every time there's a tantrum mm-hmm. the entire house gets destroyed you know like <laughs> oh god so maybe it's just a comedy of Charlie's Theron trying to hide like be a good mom mm. and hide all of that from, or explain it away from Jason Bateman who just, just thinks it's just a normal kid right? yeah there'd be a lot of running around and like oh I'm just going to take the kid out like you know for a for, for, a, sp- for, for a weekend away yes yeah um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she's just trying to hide it, and yeah, and then maybe when as the kid and enters adolescence, mm. starts acting out in different ways. Maybe it starts like hanging out with a bad crowd of like yeah. uh, super villains. Yeah, 
And that's why she sends off to like a faraway all day. Oh, right. Off. So what now? There's like multiple of these aliens or whatever they are. Well, it could be, well, it could be that the kid's just hanging out with a bad crowd of kids. And she's concerned that he is going to grow up to be like a Brightburn style. Maybe, yeah. Guy. Or maybe like because he's acting out, the kid is the only one with superpowers. The other kids are just like bad kids. Like, yeah. you know, like whatever. But he's becoming like a super villain mm-hmm. because, you know, he's, he's the one with all the power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the kid's yeah. just becoming a little megalomaniac, and so she sends, she convinces Jason Bateman that he needs to send off to private school to like you know become a better responsible member of society, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sets it straight, and in the interim, she connect, she connects with Will Smith again, and mm-hmm. all the events of the first film go down. And maybe the sequel is when the kid comes back from college and is like, "Mom, you slept with another guy," and that just causes all kinds of more issues. <laughs> yeah, like a totally yeah. book. Yeah, would you like to try and? Give him a bit of a get Will Smith back and have the two of them like fight off or something. Yeah, no, I think it builds to this kid fighting with Will Smith and then mm. we can and realize that it's it, a real kid's go, gone the wrong way and Will Smith needs to set him right. Yeah, but also it's his son or daughter who he never knew existed before. Yeah, so it's an extra layer of responsibility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are we casting a Will Smith child? Or are we or are we casting? Yeah, just put Jaden in. You know, Will Smith's not averse to it. Right. Yeah. I'm sure, Charlie Strong could push out Jaden. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what else would you say? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that totally works. Cool. Hancock Jr. Hancock Jr. Very good, yeah. yeah. My second one is, this one's based on the fact that they kind of mentioned that before they broke up 80 years before the events of the film, mm. Will Smith and Charlize Theron have kind of been on Earth forever, and mm-hmm. they've been through all the different time periods, and they've met all the different people. They are Adam and Eve. I didn't go that direction, but they could be. <laughs> they could be, yeah, they could be the first people. Yeah, they've but- got God's powers. Okay, that's, that could work with mine, but I was just thinking of like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just spitballing. Them through... No, spitballing's good. I'm just thinking of like Will Smith and Charlize Theron as like a sexy couple through the ages. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in like ancient Greece or ancient Rome and, you know, China and just like all the different, you know, all the different cultures, they're always there as a couple, but every time, wherever they are, at a certain point, people turn on them and mm-hmm. their powers get discovered and they end up getting like almost killed. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant like running thing that they're trying to like... Yeah. And maybe Charlie's Theron's much better at blending in with society, whereas Will Smith's very much not, and that's why she gets frustrated with him. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is, so maybe they're constantly, as well as like having these situations where the two of them as a couple get discovered, maybe they have a real like on-again, off-again relationship. So they always break up, but they always seem to end up back together. Mm-hmm. And maybe one time very early on, they're in like ancient Iraq or Arabia, you know, that kind of part of the world. Mm. And, you know, they're trying to, like, live their lives and then they end up getting discovered and Charlie's Theron gets really frustrated. And she's like, you know, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of your shit, Hancock. I'm breaking off. It's over between us. And she dumps him. And to prevent him from following her, chasing her, not only does she dump him, she puts a curse on him mm-hmm. and traps him in a, in a lamp. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. And then, <laughs> and then Hancock just spends a period of time with the genie, a tone deaf genie. Great, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, mm. that that totally fits. Yeah. <laughs> Until eventually he's freed, and then and then all bets. Then they get back together for a while, but it doesn't work out. And then you know, they yeah. just keep it, the whole film's just going to be then like breaking up and getting back together, and breaking up and getting back together, and mm, like okay, okay, you know, the Ross and Racheling. Yeah. Through through history. Yeah. Yeah. But with his memories a bit all iffy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, like sometimes he's fighting aliens. Sometimes he's. I was trying to think of another Will Smith role. I can't really think of one that he's not fighting aliens. 
fighting aliens. He's fighting vampires. Fighting, yeah, <laughs> helping single guys to get women. Oh, there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Whatever he's doing, yeah. <laughs> now, I, but yeah, now that I think about the Ross and Rachel thing, you could even like bring in his exploding spunk. You could be like, mm. it's not that common. It doesn't happen to every guy, and it is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I had with that. Yeah. But yeah, that was a uh, the history of Hancock. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's see what the listeners have got. Well, my last one. Sorry, I, I had one mm, more. Okay. Uh, my last one was just because I like the title. It's Hitchcock. Right. And it is a combination of Hitch and Hancock. Okay. So for another period when Will Smith and Charlie's Theron are broken up and he's lost his memory, he becomes a dating expert and he just lives the life of Hitch, which would explain why Hitch is super wealthy and has no financial troubles at all. Mm-hmm. Like, But I will, I'm also, my main thought on this one, and I'll keep it brief, uh, is that I like the idea that Hancock becomes a dating expert. So it's all the events of Hitch. He's trying to like help you know lonely, geeky guys to get mm-hmm. women who are out of their league, all that kind of stuff. But in his own life, you know, he's he's trying to he's looking for love and he's this dating expert, but his supernatural spunk always stops him from closing the deal. <laughs> it's just a deal breaker. Mm, yeah. dear. That's all I had anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Yeah. Let's move on to listeners. Let's skim through some listeners and see what we got. Sure. Um, I've got a lot of titles. Sure. Well, so give so me your best one. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rush through those. Go for it. The names. We've got Legcock. Legcock. Great. Handstick. Handstick. Oh, I was a female. Foot vagina. Foot, oh, that rolls off the tongue. I can see that on the poster. Foot yeah. vagina. Fan Fourcock, as in, like, Fantastic Four, that film that came out a couple of years ago that had a four in the middle of the title. Fan Fourcock. Fan Fourcock, yes. Okay. I thought, that, I, I, I heard that when you first said it as Fan, as in Thanos, four as in four, <laughs> cock. <laughs> like, just, the powers combined. <laughs> that is not where I saw that one going. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, that would hurt. <laughs> um, Maybe it's the only way to get his whatever. What, what did what did Thanos have? The Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Maybe that was the only way. You know. Caught between Hancock and a hard place. <laughs> Hangina. Hangina. There you go. Hamcocked. Hamcocked. Is Ham-cocked. that like Babe Pig in the City? Yeah. Birds of <laughs> yeah. Drunken superhero. Great. Let's see. Hancock two fully cocked. I mean, have you got any of the arm uh, penis jokes? Foot dick. <laughs> Hancock far from home. Foot vagina. And post cock. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Did you post your request for listener submissions on Pornhub? <laughs> no, but like that. I mean, not the most mature places on the internet, but like. <laughs> Clearly. Like, yeah, one or two, but like every one of those is just a. Cock and balls reference, right? I mean, there are a few that I'm not. So, like, I've got Mark Collingwood here said a prequel about his dad, Matt Hancock, the UK health secretary during COVID. Okay, there you go. See how that wow, goes. again, that's a huge. That's even worse than like going from Will Smith to Jason Bateman. <laughs> Charlie's friend's next boyfriend is Matt Hancock. Ugh. Drew Henry says, "I would love a sequel where we found out that he knocked up a girl in the biblical times." And then he has to help his son or daughter come to terms with what they are and help them come to be a hero. Okay. That actually works as like a genuine sequel if yeah. this film was good. Um, and the other one I got from James McLean says, A sight for sore ass. Oh dear, I see what Sick this is of going. having his henchmen's heads shoved up each other's, you know. A new villain emerges for revenge, vowing to make a superhuman centipede. And he's swift, swiftly defeated. Oh, end, end of I did think there were definite human centipedes. 
overtones in this movie. Like, I definitely, I don't know what came first, but yeah, that did cross my mind as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely where this was going. Okay. Well, I would normally say very good, but uh, you know. <laughs> but no. Something, yeah. I have some as well. Uh, first of all, just some general reviews from our uh, Facebook page. Mm. Uh, Heath Cowart said, because this film really split opinions on our Facebook, and I was just, our, our listeners, some loved it, some hated it. Okay. So Sam Rose said, I really enjoyed this film, to be honest. For a sequel, I would like a time travel element to see the characters living in the 1930s and 40s and how they both adapted. Not sure how that would be achieved, but it'd be a fun watch. So yeah, some Charlize Theron and Will Smith in the, like, Prohibition 1940s. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heath Cowart said, I remember feeling a little bit underwhelmed after seeing this film in theatres. Jon Snow, as in Jose from the Contrarians, said, uh, this movie sucks. I hope one... <laughs> but I hope... I know there's like eight U's, he means it. I hope one of you pitches a sequel that reveals that it is related to that Arrested Development arc where Jason Bateman dated Charlize Theron. You know, Mr. F. Oh, yeah, in Wee London. In Wee London, yeah. Yeah. You've not got back to to that yet in your rewatch, have you? No, no. That's just the point before it goes crap. That's like the last funny bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't do that. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. Mr. F. Uh, Stuart Millard, this is my favourite. Hancock gets wasted and puts out the sum with his piss. (laughs) (laughs) So similar to, like, destroying the moon. He just pisses, he gets pissed and pisses on the sun. Oh, that is so what this film would do. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. That could plausibly be the sequel. Yeah. Another one I liked. Ryan Klima said, two hand, two... Never mind. (laughs) Two hand, two cock. Dennis Fanning said... Hancock versus Hitch, Dawn of Fresh Prince. It's like Gemini Man, but with a lot more Will Smiths. Oh dear. David Handloss said, Hancock 2, Hancocked and Loaded. Hancock falls off the wagon, goes on a seven-day bender, and wakes up to find he's married to 37 different women across the globe, and has somehow enlisted in the army. Hilarity ensues, supposedly. Okay, great. Adam Capitanio said... Hancock tweets out some very questionable things when he's drunk one day and loses his blue checkmark status on Twitter. The title, <laughs> Bandcock. Good. <laughs> and finally, Martin Gardner at MG Loves Phone said, a TV spin-off, Hancock's Half Hour. Nice. Which is a classic sitcom from the 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Cool. So... Yeah, thank you everybody for those listener submissions. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star view if you like. It really helps to find your listeners, so please do consider doing that. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, mm-hmm. Harry, we are closing our season of Will Smith. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's gone so far? Not well. No, I feel like I have gone off Will Smith yeah. from this a little bit. Yeah. Like, he's still a great movie star. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just if you rule out anything that's good enough to get a sequel... It's you're not, you're real not, slim pickings. You're yeah. not left with anything that's either no. like Oscar worthy slash bait, no, or just bad. He has done Oscar bait films, but we decided not to do them because it is. I think Will Smith's roots to the Oscar has been like, let's make really depressing films where I die mm. at the end, which yeah. I don't want to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not that I don't think any less of him as an actor, particularly apart no. from the fact that I think he might be homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, I, I sorry, you married a lesbian, Will, allegedly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I didn't... Really? Um, no, I never thought about that. I never thought that about him before, but mm. it's just come up a few so, too many times. So many times. Yeah. Like, you can kind of excuse, like, Wild Wild West, but, like... it was, like, the 90s, but it just keeps happening. It's yeah. happened again and again and again. Like, yeah. come on, like... It's weird. You're right? a big actor. You can put your foot down on something if you need to. You can to. let this go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, on the whole, I just I think what this season has taught me, and yeah, we've got one more left. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, because I, I did admit early on that I haven't seen a lot of Will Smith films, mm-hmm. even though he's obviously a big star. Mm-hmm. And I think I've realised now that they're just not for me. Mm-hmm. I think he makes films that are so completely popcorn. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really make films that. Are experimental anyway. Mm. Not that like I'm not to sound really pretentious or anything, but just like his films are so popcorny that I just I just don't. The thing find is, them. no, 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 it's wrong. The thing is, he does, but just they're not fun to talk about here. No, they're no. things like The Pursuit of Happiness, which I've seen once. Yeah, it's a very good film. Seven pounds. I've seen it once. It's an amazing film. Okay, I'm not going to do it here. No, and you know everything else that he's done that is great. Has been so good that it's got sequels. Yeah. Not necessarily good sequels. Look but at Independence been, Day. It's been but a like, franchise, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I just don't. You, f- in, you enjoyed Independence Day, though, right? I, I, I mean, yeah, that was pretty silly, but it was it was fun, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He's not. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, I hate Will Smith movies, but I just don't think. I think, like, the graph between, like, films I like and films Will Smith makes doesn't cross over very much. It's a very interesting graph of Will Smith films, isn't it? We need to yeah. make this, actually. You should make like, that like graph. Like, the Nicolas Cage yeah. graph is very varied. But oh, the yeah, do you want to make, like, the I... Matrix of, of Will Smith? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be a very sort of, like, quite extremes. Yeah, like, the pinpoints would be, like, serious, boring, homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this. I'm yeah, doing you should this. make that You should make that Matrix. Yeah. Anyway, we have one more. Yeah. Um, so I thought we would take it to our Patreons. Mm-hmm. I made them... I, Put up a poll. Yeah. The results were inconclusive. inconclusive. <laughs> it was a three-way tie okay. between Bright, iRobot, and Enemy of the State. Okay. So we could either do three more Will Smith films, but I do not have the strength. Um, <laughs> so instead, I took it to Twitter. Okay. What have Twitter got to say? Twitter had the final say, and the film that won the Twitter poll that I put three hours ago was very hasty. was iRobot. iRobot. Which I feel like is a decent film. Okay. I might revise that opinion. Okay. Are you good with that? Do you want to veto it? It's your last chance. Mm. See, now, I'm not against doing it on the podcast, Mm. so I don't want to strong veto it, but I thought of a film that... I don't know if it could rescue this season. Oh, hey, I'm open for a rescue. But, like, it's... I mean, it's not got a sequel. I don't think it's a bad film. I've seen it a few times, and I know it fairly well. Okay. And I don't think it's a bad film. Okay. I don't think it's a great film, Mm -hmm. but... You know, it's somewhere in between. Okay, which one? Do you want to? Do you want to do focus? I know nothing about focus, so yeah. we could end on focus because it's very much not an action movie. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. All I know about focus is that I only ever saw the poster, and the poster annoyed me because it was like Will Smith and Margot Robbie, and who was at that point like twenty-one years old, and I was like, come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they even are love interests, but the concept annoyed me. Yeah, either they're not, or like it's not a deeply romantic thing. I don't, I don't think there's much going on there sure. with it. No, I mean, we could ve- do that. but you wouldn't describe it as a romance. No, no, clearly not. Okay, we could do focus. So am I bypassing the patreons and the well, they and, could and, and the other. Well, plans? the patreons couldn't decide, so they've lost their power. So yeah, right. Okay, and the Twitter so. people don't pay us, so fuck them. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to do focus next? I'm week, happy then? to do focus. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not majorly excited about Dream Focus, to be honest. But if you because, prefer but, it to Ride Robot. But just, I feel like this season's been a bit repetitive. Sure. Well, yeah, if you, if you, if you think Focus will save the day. So what you're saying is you think it's better than iRobot? Yeah. Okay. I, I can think of things in iRobot that would definitely annoy you. And mm. there would just be a lot of me trying to explain how robots work or something. <laughs> no, I've seen iRobot, like, I've seen iRobot twice, I think. I know Okay, well, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, let's do focus. Okay, let's, let's do focus. Do fo- okay, okay, fine. I, I, well, democracy, fa- democracy is, is dead, people. Forget. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you said. We're going to do focus. So join us next week for focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Cool. Um, lovely. Well, see you all next week, everybody. Thanks see for listening. Week. Thank and, you very much. Uh, Take care. Hope you've not found this Will Smith, Will Smith season such a train wreck. I feel like we've had some good episodes out of it. Just the films haven't been very good. Yeah. But yeah, let us know. Yeah. yeah. Focus is not a 10 out of 10. Like, like you don't need to, it's it's fine it's fine but like it's above a six is it better than this yeah then I'm happy yeah it's all I want great fine. great cool Whew. all right bye bye everyone. <laughs>